once again, a very good evening, each and every one of you. I was away for two weeks, so it's good to be back. And I was away because I was down with COVID. So for those who uh, knew that I was down with COVID, thank you for your prayers. just want to express my thanks to Pastor Mihi for stepping up. In fact, I was supposed to preach last week. But because of COVID, we had to play around musical chess. right? Not mahjong, musical chess. Because uh, we need to shuffle people around uh, because of the preaching schedule is sort of turned everything topsy-turvy. So thank you, Pastor Mihi, for stepping up and to preach at a, such a last-minute notice. Well, today I titled my sermon, uh, the title of my sermon today is From F to A, right? So to start off really is about a story about a young boy who studied very hard for his Chinese exam. He tried to cram everything the night before, you know, study late into the night, as many Chinese words as possible, try to cram it in. The morning of the exam, he opened the paper and he stared blankly at it. He looked at the Chinese words, the Chinese words looked back at him and he couldn't get the answers that he wanted. So he decided to write these beautiful words down. I don't know the answer, but God knows. Hopefully you get some sympathy points by using God's name, right? So a few days later, the teacher gave the the papers back and he got the results. He opened the paper and the teacher wrote back to him, you fail, God passed. Well, but actually this uh, title of the sermon from F to A have nothing to do with grades. But actually today we're going to talk about the flood. And as I was recovering from COVID, this news article popped up uh, because I was just preparing right for the flood. And this news report reported that a total of 85,000 people have been told to leave their homes uh, because of a flood in Sydney. Can I have the picture up? Yeah, thousands more flee as Sydney floods tracks north, right? But what caught my attention in this article is not of the flooding, right? Because that is due to climate change or various other reasons, be poor drainage in that area. But in the article, it says that the homes or some homes in that area was flooded four times in the span of one and a half months. What such poor thing, right? You know, for a home to be flooded, the amount of anxiety and the stress and destruction there was in the home four times in one and a half years. And the Bible also talks about a big flood. You're familiar with this story of Noah's Ark? And when we talk about the flood and Noah's Ark, we always look to the rainbow, correct? Even to today, when you go out, especially after it rains, maybe in the morning when it rains, there's usually a beautiful rainbow, and when we see one, we will quickly take out our handphones, right? Take a picture of it because it looks so majestic. It looks so wonderful. Sometimes we post it. And sometimes we even send a reminder to ourselves that God has promised us this wonderful promise in the form of a rainbow. And let me read to you this wonderful promise, which is found in Genesis chapter 9, verse 8 to 11. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, I now establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you and with every living creature that was with you, the birds, the livestock, and all the wild animals, all those that came out of the ark with you, every living creature on earth, I establish my covenant with you. Never again will all life be destroyed by the waters of a flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. That's the wonderful promise we hold on to, especially when you see the rainbow. Right, But today we want to focus 
right? Not just on the rainbow. Because when I was growing up as a Sunday school kid, and if you were too growing up as a Sunday school kid, whenever this story is shared, you usually focus on two things. One is the animals. Two by two goes into the ark. And second is the rainbow. Only these two, as I was growing up, you know, the story repeats over and over again and always focus on these two aspects. But today we want to look at the ark as the focal point. Right, the ark as a focal point. What does that even mean? Right, that's why I titled my sermon today, F to A, Flood to Ark. Flood to Ark. Right, and as much as we enjoy that wonderful promise in the form of a rainbow, I want to highlight to you actually that promise also comes with a warning. Right, the rainbow doesn't just promise us something, it warns us of something else too. And this warning is not really to frighten you or to scare you, but really, a warning is there to give you a sense of urgency. Right? In, a, in a movie, when the self-destruction button is pressed, everybody else has a sense of urgency to get out of that place. So in here, in this case, a warning is a sense of urgency for us to do something. Right? That's what a warning is for. And when I mean warning, what do I mean by that? Because in the Bible, in the form of a rainbow, God promised that the earth will not be flooded by water, and flood again. But there is another warning. There is another warning in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 5 to 7. And warns us of a coming destruction by fire, not by waters. And he says in verse 5, But they want to forget that God spoke, and the heavens were made long ago. The earth was made out of water, and water was all around it. Long ago, the earth was covered with water, and it was destroyed, referring to the flood. But the heaven we see now and the earth we live on now have been kept by His word. They will be kept until they are destroyed by fire. They will be kept until the day men stand before God and sinners will be destroyed. But this is the warning, a warning for us to act in urgency that the earth will be destroyed and really not to scare you but to act in urgency. And really the first lesson we can learn for today is actually God's word is faithful and everlasting. It says here in the passage that I just read to you just now, by the heaven we see now and the earth we live on now have been kept by His word. It is the word of the Lord that is faithful, that has preserved us, that has kept us safe from this destruction. It's the word of the Lord that has been spoken by God Himself that has kept us till today. So friends, really this is truth spoken in love. Right? Truth spoken in love. We must be aware that God's word is the one that sustains us. God's word is the one that has kept us to the end and will keep us to the end. Sometimes as humans, we don't see it. We don't feel it. We don't even know how to think about it. But it's possible, it's true that God's word is the faithful one. It will come to pass. And then I ask this question, you know, if God is such a faithful and loving and such a creator God, why does He want to destroy the earth again? Didn't He create all this? Right? The wonderful creatures, the plants. You know, as young people now, we buy a lot of expensive plants. I don't know why. I'm not involved. I'm not uh, interested in the expensive plants. But my friends, you know, on social media, they usually post these plants and they cost in the hundreds of dollars, some in the thousands, those really exotic ones. Right? But they're beautiful. They are wonderful. God, why does God want to wipe it all out? Right? 
yeah, wipe all the plants and creatures all out. And really, I give you the honest answer is we will not and we might not and we'll never know the full reason of the future destruction. Right? You might not know the real and full reason for the future destruction, but we know the full reason for the past destruction, which is the flood. And this is the reason. The reason is found in chapter 6, where man's sinfulness is at the highest level, and they have crossed the line of no return in, the, in their sinfulness act, which is the cross-pollination between man and angels. Now let me read to you in Genesis chapter 6, verse 1, where he says, When human beings begin to increase in number on the earth and daughters were born to them, the sons of God, which is angels in this aspect, saw that the daughters of humans were beautiful and they married any of them they chose. It's because of this act of cross-pollination between angels and humans it resulted in the birth of Nephilims, which means the fallen one. And this crossed the line because it's a false imitation of the birth of Christ. Now the women in Genesis chapter 6 were impregnated by spirit beings, which cause angels are spirited beings. Right? It's a false imitation because Christ was also not born of men, but born of the Holy Spirit. You see the false imitation in this? That is why they have crossed the line. Furthermore, not just because of this act, mankind themselves, they were evil. They were evil and wicked and every thought that they could think of was of violence. Right? And this was 24-7. At all time, the Bible records, at all time they were evil. So God said enough. Right? Verse 6 and 7 tells us enough. The Lord regretted and he had made, that he had made human beings on the earth. And his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created and with them the animals, the birds and the creatures that move along the ground. For I regretted, I regret that I have made them. Well, here you must have some form of sympathy because the creatures along the ground, the birds, the living plants, really they had no chance to redeem themselves, right? They are the innocent party. It's like, why you wipe me out when the humans are the evil ones? Poor thing, the cute puppy and the rabbits and all your cute creatures that you see in the zoo, wipe out. Because human beings were evil at that point of time. Well, they might not have a chance to redeem themselves, but we humans till today have this chance. We have a chance to redeem ourselves. Well, we're not sure the time period that God had gave the people at that time. Some scholars view that it's about 120 years from the time that God made the decision to the flood. But even though we, are, we do not know the exact number of years, but we can speculate that Noah and the family probably took a long period of time to build the ark. Right? As with now construction, we use modern technology. It takes a long time to build a, a boat. What more back then where there's no modern technology? Probably took a long time and with a lot of delays. Right? Even to today, we still got delays. What more in the past? Even more delays. So probably a long period of time, but none of them, despite the time given to them, they repented. None of them except Noah and the family, at least not recorded in the Bible. Well, but here, even then, we can learn a lesson from the story of Noah. That God himself is a faithful and a redeemer. He is the one who initiated this plan to redeem us or redeem mankind. 
Then what do I mean by that? Let me explain to you. Noah, right, who was a man who walked in righteousness, basically he saw what society was doing back then. Evil, corrupt, violence. And he said no to all this. He's not going to follow what society deems as normal. He's not going to follow what society thinks that this is the right way to do things. Noah said no to all that. And God said to Noah in verse 13, I am going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood, make rooms in it, and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you are going to build it. He gave some instructions. In verse 17, I am going to bring flood waters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens. Every creature that has the breath of life in it, everything on earth will perish. But I will establish my covenant with you and you will enter the ark. You and your sons and your wife and your son's wife with you. If you look at these verses that I have just read just now, and you have counted the number of eyes in it. There are actually four eyes in these few verses that I have just read. In these eyes, God says, I will do this. I will make a covenant. You know, I will destroy. There are four eyes in it. And in these eyes, it shows that God starts a plan. He is the initiator of a plan and He ends it. And in this plan of His, He has put one person in, and that is Noah to help him or to partner him in this beautiful plan, a redemptive plan of his to redeem mankind. Right, So he's the initiator. He wants to redeem people and he puts Noah in this plan of his. Well, to today and even in the New Testament, we see a glimpse of that same formula or the same structure or same plan of God in John 3.16. This verse if you have been a Christian long enough, it's a famous verse. But I don't want to assume everybody knows this verse. And I want to read it to you and see the wonderful plan that God has, which is, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Familiar verse? If you repeated it and memorized it through and through. But if you look at it, For God so loved, He is the initiator. He is the one who gave, I gave his very best, his only son, Jesus Christ, for us. And for whoever, that's where we come in. We are, have the privilege to partner him in this redemptive plan of his. Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. He is that provider of eternal life. God starts, God ends, God wants you and I to partner him in this redemptive plan that he has. Well, again, if we know about this plan, such a wonderful plan God has, well, then the question we have to honestly ask ourselves is, are we going to be obedient like Noah to respond to God's plan? Right? You can have a beautiful, wonderful plan and you are not part of it. No point, right, to have this wonderful plan. The question we ask ourselves honestly, do we want to be like Noah to be part of that? And it's a difficult response and difficult question because to be like Noah is to say no to what's happening around us. To be like Noah, sometimes we need to be in the sense, in the world sense, a fool, a fool for Christ. You know, when sometimes people ask you, it's like, 
Ayah, why you? Why are you so stupid? You know, if you don't say this at work, nobody's going to know. Why you can't tell the truth to your boss? You'll be in more trouble. You just keep quiet. Right? And your workplace, in your families where you have quarrels with your, the in-laws quarrels with, with this and you're caught in the middle. What do you have to say? In the, in, in the work situation that you are in, in the business that you do, or even the agent myself, like, I need to work hard lah. You need to work hard. You work hard. Why bother to work hard? And even, you know, do go the extra mile. Nobody will appreciate you. And you just lay low and, you know, just survive. To be like Noah is to say no to all this. To follow God and to be righteous in God's eyes. You know, I'm not saying that sometimes what the world gives us, the wisdom and the practical steps are uh, be thrown out the window. I'm not saying that. Some things we take. Uh, but we need to discern what God is saying. Are we walking in the right footsteps? Are we following God? I do not know the situation that you're in, right? Either the work situation or the finance situation or the home situation we are in. But are you following God in the area that is right before Him? Or are you trying to, you know, package it and make yourself look good to your boss? Or are you trying uh, to do things that help you take the easy way out? but not following God in the areas of His instructions. Now to be like Noah, he was instructed to build an ark when it is not raining. The Bible doesn't tell us whether people look down on him, despise him, scold him. We do not know that. We can only speculate. But Noah, we know that he listened with his heart and not with his eyes. He listened to God's instruction with his heart and not his eyes. So I do not know again your place that you are in, whether you are uh, in, the, in the finance industry or in the, as a teacher, uh, teaching in a challenging school. But will you trust that God is faithful and place you in the job that you are in, in the family that you are in, for a higher purpose and even for a reason that you can be like Noah, to stand up to what the world tells you to walk in the ways of God. For us in Amokyo, give you an example that how we too are trying uh, to endeavor to be like Noah, which is about the Amokyo hub. We're speaking a lot about it, we're asking for your prayers about it, because it's a place that we go in fear and trembling too. We want God, we want to allow God to use the cinema halls in Amokyo hub to be like his ark. So that people in Amokyo can go there on a Sunday to experience his tangible presence, his comfort, his love. And it's only possible really if we go there to the hub to be that source of strength, that source like to be the knower to the people there in Amokyo. And really it's a difficult time because sometimes it really doesn't make sense why are we going to the hub where we still have space here to accommodate more people. But we felt that the leaders and the pastors felt that God is calling us there to reach out to the people in Amokyo. So we trust that God has called us and will also provide a way for us and direct and lead us in this journey of faith. And even if you are not called to the Amokyo hub, you know, would you be called to be noble in your workplace, in your office, in your homes, 
in the people that you know, your relationship, your friends, would you be a knower to them? But the third lesson that I talked about really is the ark itself. Your God himself is that faithful ark to carry us through the storms of life. And the ark, of course, reminds us that we have Jesus as this beautiful ark. And really in Jesus, we are saved, we are secured, and we are sanctified. We are purified for him. The saying goes, when it rains, it pours. So when it rains, I want to invite you to run to the ark to Jesus, our Savior. Really, in Him, we have shelter from the Most High. In Him, we have the commander of the Lord's army fighting for us. In Him, Jesus Christ, our Ark, we have the Prince of Peace that will bring us peace in times where we feel conflicted, we feel hurt, we feel in pain of the loss. In Him, we have that Shalom Peace. Those of you who do not know Jesus Christ personally, I don't want to assume everybody is a believer. If you do not know Jesus, I want to invite you to this ark. Will you just take that step of faith and say yes to Jesus and allow Jesus to be the ark that you can run, run into. You have already experienced Jesus and you have a personal relationship with Him. That's wonderful. But will you tell someone and invite another person to this ark? Because out there, there are many people who are still suffering the storms of life. Will you live a life like Noah in total obedience to God? And by doing so, you draw people to there. Because if you will say no to a promotion, people will think, oh, this person is a bit weird. Huh? But because of that, people ask, People know that you are a Christian by you acting out and living out a life that is total obedience to God. You are special in one way or another. People can see a difference in you. But if I would turn the question another way around, right? Instead of us running to the ark, what if the ark has, will come to us and come inside us? And what do I mean by that? Uh, the Bible also tells us, Jesus said, I am the light of the world, right? The light, the source of our strength, the source of our being, the Savior. But Jesus also said this light of, of His light has come inside us because we are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. In His words, you are the light of the world. A city cannot be hidden. So friends, as you go out into the world, when you meet other people, be it family, friends, workplace, or even just walking along the street, God is saying now, you are the ark. You're not just inviting people into the ark. You are the ark. You bring the light of the world. You bring Jesus into other people's life. You carry the ark into other people and show them who the true Prince of Peace is in this conflicted world who the Savior is in this time of need. So in this story about Noah and the ark, if you really examine this story, we want to end off with this example in, in the biblical sense, where Noah's story of the ark, if you look at it, uh, just the ark, uh, just the flood story, don't count after that what happened. right? This whole story, I, tr I tried to find what did Noah say, say to God. Right, in the book of Job, there are a lot of conversations going on. You know, Job talking to the friends, and then after he had a conversation with God, you know, there's a lot of conversation. But in this story, 
Noah pretty much didn't say anything. He was silent throughout. God was the main actor. God was the one saying, I will make covenant with you. I will send the floods. I want you to build the ark. Noah, Noah just said, oh, I will do it. He's a doer, friends. I'm sure he has a lot of questions. I mean, I can't go back in time and ask him like, you know, what's your question? Do you fear that you look like a fool, you know, to build an ark when it wasn't even raining? Right? I'm sure he had many questions, but he just did it obediently and faithfully. So friends, when you look at the rainbow next time, you know, do take a photo of it. Do share it. But do also remember that the word of God is true. That when you see a rainbow, there's a warning. A warning means a sense of urgency in our life to do something, to bring people to the ark because God is that faithful redeemer in our lives. When you see the rainbow, will you have the belief and the faith that God is the redeemer that wants to redeem you and wants to wants you into the ark? In fact, He has brought the ark into your life and now you are the ark. You bring that safety the peace, the light to the people around you. And when you do so, will you live a life that is obedient to God and follow Him all the days of your life, just as how Noah did, to say no to what society says. And I think by then, by doing so, you see God's power in your life. Will you join me in prayer as we go to the Lord for help? Father, we thank you and for your wonderful promise of the rainbow. Your wonderful love for us that you have called us and you have redeemed us through your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, will we, will we make this conscious decision to follow you all the days of your life, to walk in step with you, to follow and listen and grow in love, that our actions and our life is a true testimony of what you have called us to be, a light to the world. That wherever we go, we draw all men to you, Father. And wherever we go, we bring the, the Prince of Peace with us and share this peace with someone. That wherever we go, Father, we will be a child of yours, loved by you, called to love others. So we thank you for your faithfulness and your redemptive plan. And in you, Lord, we can love you and depend on you all the days of our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.